0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast.
1: You are live with the App Show. Mike and John here. We're Canada's number one mobile and app radio show. I think we're the only one. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But we're we're, number one. We're killing it. We're killing it. We've got a great program uh, today. We are going to be chatting with our good friend Ted Critsonos out of uh, Toronto about all the new Samsung phones that have been launched. No more Samsung Notes Has it been replaced? Well, you have to stay tuned for that. Uh, We will also be talking about Spotify. Spotify in the news, big time over the past few weeks here, the whole Joe Rogan controversy. Uh, He's got the number one podcast on their system, and in North America, for that matter, he's been paid $100 million for it. But uh, a lot of critics are concerned that he's spouting off false information about vaccines and COVID and and things like that. He's just asking questions. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sure, that's, sure.
0: That's our all, That's our common response to all that.
1: Well, some artists aren't happy about it. Neil Young, Joni Mitchell have pulled their music from Spotify over it, and, it's,
0: a, few, and a few others as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so that is a big deal. But they they're they're sticking behind Joe. Uh, we'll be talking uh, about that and why they haven't back. Why Spotify hasn't backed down, and you'll be interested to find out why. And uh, we will also uh, be talking with the folks over at Apply Board, uh, an education uh, website uh, for students. John, let's get into some of the uh, the tech news this week. This was kind of an interesting one. I mean, we've all been, well, not all, but a lot of people use their phones now to pay for things. Yes. With uh, Google Pay or your Apple wallet. And I love it, right? I don't have to pull out my old-fashioned wallet. What's that? And what's that? Uh, I can just basically tap my phone at McDonald's or... The restaurants or wherever I am. Well, Apple's adding a new twist to this uh, tap to pay feature. So if you're a business, and this is just starting in the US, but of course, that'll come to Canada, hopefully sooner than later. If you're a business, you don't need any new additional hardware to take payments. You can basically have your iPhone be the terminal. So if someone wants to pay you for something, a service or something you're selling, they can basically just tap their phone on your iPhone. Th- this
0: has the potential to disrupt some of these payment services yes but what I found out though is Apple's actually working with these payment companies okay so they're still handling things like Square or Block as it's now known
1: because they're more than just the payment right they've got like inventory systems and things yeah, like that yeah
0: I mean Square I, I use Square in the past it's great because you can build an inventory you yep. can actually have an online store that people can order from uh, without actually having one yes and then if you're, you know, at an event or something where you're actually selling stuff, you have the ability using one of their terminals and they have a couple different configurations of it. Typically it's like a little white box or they used to have back when we all had uh, headphone jacks, a little swipe.
1: Yeah. Tool. I remember those little squares. That's where they got their name, right? Yeah. The little look like post stamp size.
0: Yeah. But now they've got these little sort of Bluetooth tap terminals. Yeah. But now it sounds like you're not going to need that at all.
1: No. Just use your phone. Yeah. To be the payment terminal
0: which is great and it makes it much more uh, cost-effective and quick for someone to get up and running, If they're especially if they're going to that farmer's market or somewhere else where they need to sell stuff quickly without having to wait for hardware to arrive.
1: Come to Canada. Yeah, hurry up. Uh, also in the, uh, the mobile tech news, Uber is uh, putting a new feature in their app. Uh, the Uber app will beep until you buckle your seatbelt. I don't know how that all works, but.
0: No, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But the thing is not everyone has the app open and running when when you're there. I mean, does the driver have to like look and see and like tap out he's not buckled up?
1: Yeah because the car's not going to tell the app no, so it'll have to be the driver. So the driver's basically a snitch ratting them out <laughs> 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 just to, to create more conflict in the car, right? right,
0: right. Yes wear a mask and put your seatbelt on
1: Yeah taking away people's freedom. By, by telling them to put their <laughs> their seatbelt on. It's so funny. I'm watching, uh, I digress here, but I'm watching these old YouTube videos of news uh, clips from people. When Remember when they first introduced the legislation that, you know, made it law that you had to be buckled up? People lost their minds. And, did you know, you're taking away my freedom. And Did they have blockades? Well, I don't know if they had blockades, but <laughs> <laughs> like everyone was mad. You can't tell me what to do. It's my personal freedom to be to ride in my car with no seatbelt on. You just don't have that anymore. No, <laughs> um, it's all about perspective, right, John? Well, in hindsight. In hindsight, yes. In, in hindsight. Uh, also, in the uh, the mobile tech news, this was interesting. We talked about this, John. A Google account hacks have dropped by half after they've uh, instituted their two-step authentication by default and this is important
0: yeah so a little while ago apple or sorry google was starting to say hey next time you log in you have to set up two factor authentication yeah and it gave you a couple different ways of doing it so text messaging is typically the most common one although it's the least secure way of doing it yeah but at least it's a second layer beyond your password yes and then they also have a, an authenticator app and if you want to go really crazy, they actually have little dongles you can get that will give you a
1: security like key. a little USB key.
0: Yeah, but it has a display on it. Will actually generate a code for you
1: if you're like, yeah, think the KGB is after you.
0: Well, it's it's more common in enterprise situations, yeah, of course. But you know, again, depends on how much you value your privacy and your security.
1: I, I think it's important, John. And again, for the listeners out there, I, I might not understand two factor authentication. It's just a second way of verifying you when you're logging into like your bank account online or Amazon for that matter.
0: And, and quite often you only have to do it once on a specific device yeah. for a period of time at least. Yes. So you're not having to do this every single day that you log into your bank account, for example.
1: Yes. So you'd log in with your password and then they would send you something to your phone, like via text. To, text or email. And or, you have to enter that code into the website as well. So it's just making sure you're really who you are.
0: Right. Because if you're not who you are, someone's in your stuff.
1: Yeah. And and that's the problem, John. Like, you know, people talking about getting hacked and and what have you. Like, so often it's because they just easily had their password guessed.
0: Right. Because they're not using secure passwords. No. Or difficult passwords or basically computer generated passwords. You're not naming it your dog or something easily findable in a dictionary.
1: Exactly. John, the biggest game right now would have to be Wordle. Yes. And if you haven't heard of this, you're living under a rock. So this is basically a once-a-day game, and it's not an app. You just go to their website. I don't even know the website name. Just type in Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E. Well, soon it'll
0: be New York Times. but New York Times bought it. How much did they buy it for? Undisclosed amount, but it was a, s- a low seven-digit figure, <laughs> which, which means at least a million dollars.
1: But, John, like, how much programming did it take to do that? No,
0: Well... It's it's a pretty slick program.
1: It is, but, but it's not like Call of Duty.
0: No, but no. it's one guy that did it. I
1: know. It's amazing. No. Like, and my hat's a, off.
0: It's a beautiful game.
1: And you know what's beautiful about it, John? Is that it's just once a day. You want to play it more? Too bad.
0: Well, you can because they have the archive. So you can go back in time where if you missed... Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa what? You didn't hear about this? No. Yeah. Yeah, because when, when you started playing it, it was like the 200th day that it had been out. Yeah. Because it, it launched like in October. So you can actually play back all those previous days.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> well,
0: it's, well, it's that or watch TikTok for two hours.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, John, uh, you you are really into retro gaming, and you've got all these little handheld. They look like little Game Boys, and yeah, and what have you? Uh, I don't know. You you collect them. You love these things.
0: I do. I build them. I collect them. Yeah, they're fun to program. They're fun to play around with.
1: So you've. You've got a version of Wordle now that'll run on a Game Boy. Yeah.
0: Somebody ported it to Wordle. And because, you know, these types of little retro console things, it's very common for people to port a game on it just to see how how well it performs. Yeah. And Wordle, someone thought Wordle would be a good thing to to try.
1: Yeah, because it's not Call of Duty.
0: No, no. (laughs) Ironically, the most common game people port to things that aren't typically game consoles. Can I guess? Yeah. Doom. Yes. Yes.
1: But guess what? What?
0: Doom doesn't work on Wordle. It's only four letters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm looking, you've got this little uh, Game Boy emulator, uh, yeah. this little handheld, and you've got Wordle going. So this isn't the official Wordle.
0: No, it's not connected to the internet. And, and also, he had a problem because when he was programming it, he had to shrink down the, the full library of all the words. And he ended up having to use sort of like an almost like an AI type programming thing that would guess that this actually is phonetically a real word. Yeah. So it's not perfect, but it's kind of awesome in the same respect. And you're looking at it right now in front of you and it's pretty fun.
1: Super cool. Hey, we got a cool contest going, John. We're giving away a Samsung Galaxy S20 Fan Edition smartphone, beautiful camera, beautiful screen, and also a $500 gift card to donate to your favorite Canadian charity. This is all uh, from our friends over at the Friendly Future Foundation that uh, tell us, and this is a fantastic prize pack. And if you want to enter to win, getconnectedmedia.com. And there's extra chances to get more entries as well, so make sure you read all the details on that. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking all about the new Samsung gear. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. Got a really cool segment here now. Uh, I just love how Canadians uh, are really uh, developing some cool technologies out there. We're going to be talking about Applyboard. It's uh, an ed tech or an educational tech platform that helps uh, students apply uh, and get the right information about schools around the world. On the line, we've uh, got one of the founders. His name is Martin Basiri. Thanks for joining us, Martin.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So this is uh, an interesting thing. Uh, I know here in Canada, there are a lot of international students that come to our schools and you know universities. And you, you had a similar journey back in the day. You came from uh, Iran, I believe, to Canada. Correct. And so from what I understand, this whole venture was born out of your experiences. Can you tell us a little bit about
2: that? Yeah, so it, I love to come to Canada because uh, I wanted to study mechatronics engineering. And um, we didn't have like a good program in Iran for a master's degree, and University of Waterloo have a, like, a good, and they gave me a scholarship. It took me a year and a half to figure it out, the whole process, visa, application to a school, a year and a half of my life. Um, and you're and you're a smart guy. <laughs> and I'm a smart guy, yes. Yeah. Like of course I had to like learn English. And yeah, those were part of the part of the uh the portion too. And but you know still I spent so much time that I should have not spent some of the thing is like sometimes you know how sometimes in life you just need a hint and that hint's gonna save you so much time. Yeah. So so I came, I brought my brothers after that, and then we started like helping their friends. A Couple of years later when we Quit our job to do uh, our company to to build a company, and we were like, why don't we automate this system? Why don't we give those initial hints to people, um, completely with software because it 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 it, it works when when uh, something like this happened, and um, it can really like save people a lot of time. And uh, we started that in 2015, and uh, six and a half years later. Uh, We are 1,500 people in almost 40 countries in the world.
1: So tell us about Apply Board. Like, how does it work? How does it help students? Is it just for Canadian students? Is it international students coming to Canada? Or does it work always?
2: Good question. So it's for international students from anywhere anywhere in the world who want to come to Canada, United States, United Kingdom, and Australia for studies. Um, The way that it works, Uh, every country have their own education system right and then when they when you are applying to different universities colleges these colleges and universities have different requirements for you and there are so many different situations so you for example in Africa there's seven eight different education system literally just in Nigeria alone right India so many so the mapping of what you are and how it's equivalent to the requirement of the following country that you're going, what to provide first, are you even eligible? Shall you even look at it? It's like very, very confusing. So the total we are talking about for Canada alone, we are talking about like 15 to 20 billion different combinations of only looking at 500 higher education if you want to map the entire planet Earth. So what ApplyBoard does is like you answer certain questions, and it eliminates a lot of a lot of pathways for you, and it creates a lot of like um, a lot of hints, and also kind of tell you like with a good um, probability uh, which university or college you can go to. And then if you complete your profile, the result is over ninety-five percent. Uh, acceptance rate. So, or 95% of the time you can rely on the system that if it says you can go to this program in this school, it works.
1: I imagine the schools might love this, right? Because that would cut down on a lot of communication they would have to do with international students. So if if your system is helping take a lot of that out of the way, and you said you have a 95% acceptance rate?
2: correct and that's why uh, our system is absolutely free for students and the uh, the paying party are universities and colleges because it saves them a lot of time but also uh, we we help them by providing this we help them like they recruit the students from like uh, over 125 countries in the world which alternatively marketing side alone going to be extremely expensive for them
0: is is apply board available in the native language of the student as well?
2: No, right now we're just doing it in English. But one thing that we've done, which worked very well, we also allow um, allow a students' counselors, at which we call them recruitment partners, to also like come in and help the students with the application or just take over and do all the application themselves. Um, and they they fill out a lot of those gaps that. Um, like, for example, for language barrier, but generally speaking, because we are working for these four major English countries as students give and take mostly they've done tests. So we are not talking about someone who doesn't speak English at all. They've done English tests as like over 90% of the students who come to Canada, us, Australia, UK, they've done their English test. So they, they do know English.
1: Imagine this would be a lot of work for you initially. You have to reach out to all these schools to get them on board. How difficult was that?
2: Very difficult. Like, it still is very difficult. (laughs) Even though we have proven proven a lot, it still is so hard. You know, um, the schools have to like make sure they're doing their due diligence. Um, It's a new concept. How can something that it was always done by human can be done online? it just uh like it, it, there are a lot of like industries that are still scared of when the word of ai comes to the game right they're like oh ai what is it you know like not like what is ai but like their perception about what ai is kind of sometimes different from reality but on on the other side also like there's like any other industry you have early adopters and then you have like uh people who follow after
1: we're talking with uh, Martin Basiri. He is uh, one of the co-founders and he's the CEO of applyboard.com, a really great system to help international students uh, get into some of the schools in Canada, US, uh, UK, and Australia. Uh, Martin, I have to thank you for coming on the show today. This was really uh, enlightening.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate for having me.
1: That's uh, applyboard.com. So if you know any folks in, uh, uh, outside of Canada that are looking to get into uh, some of the universities and, uh, and colleges here, uh, definitely a, a great tool. Or you're trying to go somewhere else. Exactly. When well, we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. We're going to talk Samsung. They've just uh, announced a bunch of new phones and tablets, their new S22 line. And uh, they have uh, some new tablets to go along with that as well. We've got Ted Kritsonos on the line from Toronto. Hey, Ted. Hey, good to be with you, guys. Uh, well, uh, another set of phones. Are they changing the world, Ted? No, they're not. Nope.
3: <laughs> and, uh, and, and, I, and I don't say that derisively, mind you. I, I'm just saying that more so because I think it's kind of where we're at in the industry for the most part, at least year to year. Uh, these phones appear to me to be more of an iterative upgrade, but that's kind of to be expected. I think it's more like every two or three years, you might see a bigger jump. Um, the fun, I mean, I, I just got mine in today. The galaxy s 22 ultra just came in today. So I'm, I'm only starting to play with it. Uh, but I did get to see the devices prior to this and, um, I like the feel they feel really good. The design is nice. The S Pen is now integrated into a phone that is not a Galaxy Note. Okay, that's that's, that's a a
1: something thing. important to note
3: here. Do you see what I did there? I, I did. Yeah, okay,
0: but it's kind of like they just replaced the Note with the S twenty two Ultra.
3: They did essentially, and I've been calling for that. I think even on your show, yes, uh, you in have. the past, um, that they were that they should have integrated the two phones from before. Now they finally did. Interestingly, though, they did tell me that the Note. As a line, as a phone line, may not be dead yet. interesting now that could be just you know sort of PR conjecture, if you will, because um, they can't
0: but, confirm or deny anything.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So so that's possible. I don't see the point of making a Note phone at this point because this feels already like a Note to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's got the size and it's got the the stylus pen
3: and the holster for it. Okay. So, literally, the the pen comes out of the phone. Unlike last year, where the S21 Ultra worked with an S Pen, there was no holster for it. This time, there is. And so, it feels like a note to me when I use it. And the pen's gotten even better on top of that.
1: Okay, so we've got the three phones. The S22, the 22 Plus, and the 22 Ultra. The 22 Ultra is like the big daddy. And it's got the pen. Does the pen work on the other ones? No. Okay, so they've just made sure that only that one particular phone and so what is different about these phones than the previous versions the s21
3: well a lot of it appears to be software-based okay uh considering what they've said so far so we know that on the camera side a lot of the specs are very similar I'm 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 get I'm still trying to get some confirmation on exactly what image sensors they're they're using. Like we know the megapixels, but we don't know if it's a different type of sensor that's inside. Probably not, though. I feel like it's kind of the same ones. There's some variations that they've made with the S22 Plus and S22 in terms of like the telephoto you know lens and things like that. But for the most part, they're saying, hey, our stocker has gotten better. So if you're shooting at night. you're gonna get a better shot than you did before. If you're shooting video, no matter the conditions, you're gonna get better footage, better HDR, even you'll be able to frame your subject in such a way where you'll be able to track it. I think what they're doing there is they're using the ultra wide camera to crop in so that way when you're tracking a subject, it crops out, right? When they kind of get closer to the camera. So that's what I think they're doing, but again, I gotta test that. So for the most part, like I said, it is largely a software play. Uh, even for Pro Mode, they they now have an app called Expert Raw in the Galaxy Store, not in Google Play. In the Galaxy Store, uh, so when you're shooting in RAW, you can then move it to Expert Raw, work on it there, uh, and then if you want to you go to Lightroom after that. But most go people ahead. aren't going to use that. Uh, pro Mode, no. Most people aren't going to use Pro Mode, although I think they should learn because that's ultimately where you get a lot of the better shots. Uh, and especially if you're shooting in RAW, you're gonna get photos that you're not gonna be able to get otherwise. Uh, and I think this is maybe Samsung's way of trying to bridge that gap to to kind of, you know, guide people in to that space so that they can shoot photos in a way that they didn't before. And I, I think they have to say that because otherwise there's not a dramatic difference so far anywhere, at least on paper, from what they announced last year and and i think and i think they got to make a play for that so uh, we'll, we'll we'll see i mean i got to test it still but that's that's what it looks like so far
0: another interesting thing that they've done uh, with this generation of galaxy phones is they've actually one up google on their android support for them so there's a press release saying that basically they're going to be a, uh, offering four android updates as part of the life cycle of the s22 line and that's um that's actually one more than google does with the pixel line
3: that's right yeah i'm glad you mentioned that john because that is that is to me that's significant because that, now you're yeah go ahead well that's
0: pretty huge i mean that's putting samsung on par with sort of apple's uh support for their older devices um or Google said with the pixel line, you're going to get five years worth of security updates, but only yep. four years or sorry, three years worth of OS updates or three iterations of OS updates. Cause it's not always a year to year thing, but I think that's pretty huge. And that just basically means that people that have some Samsung phones, and I know a lot of people that have much older Samsung phones and they're still rocking them like they're brand new. So having the, the safety and security of the software updates uh, for, even longer than Google offers is I think a really good
3: thing. I agree. And I think, I think this was something that had to happen simply because when you look at the specs, okay. And and we're like, you know, we're geeks that way. So when we look at the specs and we look at the Ram, we look at the type of processor, especially that this, these phones are running on because it is a different Snapdragon processor, It's a new generation uh, of Snapdragon processor. When you have these types of things, you know, this type of hardware under the hood, you would think that it could last and run properly for four years because that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about four android updates we're talking about an annual update so at least for four years this phone should be able to run well enough not as well four years from now as it is now granted but still well enough and i think more of the phone manufacturers should do this so google could, j- could very easily change tack and say hey We're going to do four years now of updates on our Pixel phones, including the Pixel 6 line. They haven't done that yet, but hopefully they will. Hopefully Samsung has spurred others to do the same and match the kind of support that Apple has long given the iPhone.
1: Let's talk price, Ted. What are we looking here for uh, the basic version?
3: So what I've seen so far from what's been announced is that we're looking at, just uh, bear with me here for a moment. I should have had these up. Uh, but it was seventeen hundred dollars. <laughs> sorry, what for the basic? No, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I started at the ultra. Uh,
1: okay, for- but let's start at the ultra. That's the top of the line. Seventeen hundred dollars yeah. for a smartphone, Ted.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. the ultra eight gigs with one hundred and twenty eight gigs of storage starts at sixteen fifty. Yeah, sixteen
3: fifty. dollars and, yes, and it goes
0: up to twenty two hundred for twelve gigs of storage.
1: Twelve gigs of RAM,
0: twelve gigs of RAM, sorry, and a terabyte of storage.
1: Twenty-two hundred dollars for a phone.
3: Yeah, that's that's a Samsung exclusive, by the way, guys. The the twelve gig and one terabyte phone is a Samsung exclusive. You can only get it through them. Uh, but it's twenty-two hundred bucks. Yeah, John, you're right. Now, if we're gonna take it back the other way, starting at the basics, so the sta- the the starter Galaxy S twenty two, eight gigs, one hundred twenty eight gigs of, of storage. That's eleven $1, hundred bucks. Yeah. and and that you know you you ramp that up um well that the it's uh, eight gigs at 256 that's 1169 so 1170 basically and the uh s22 plus starts at 1400 and can go up to 1470
0: so there's pretty much something almost every hundred dollar room
1: yeah but I mean you're starting at eleven hundred dollars yeah this, I, mean, I mean this is a premium flagship yeah series it which d- is supposed to last at least four years. Well, roughly, they've said that's
0: going to last four years now. Yeah. So,
1: OK, let's quickly get into the uh, the tablets, uh, Ted. They launched three new ones. You got one of the the large ones, which the size was kind of blew me
3: away. Uh, Yeah, me, too. <laughs> in a lot of ways, because <laughs> when it came in, I'm looking at it and I knew the specs. But, you know, it's one thing when you see 14.6 inches right on paper. Yeah. Uh, for a tablet. But then when you're holding it, you're like, wow, this thing is
1: like you're holding in. a TV.
3: Yes, <laughs> a small TV. Uh, I, like this is not small. Fourteen point uh, six. Fourteen point six. I mean, that's larger than you know. That's larger on par with a lot of laptop screens. So, and it's and, an OLED and screen. reason for that. Yeah, it is. And and that part of the reason they're doing that is because they want to position this as a possible laptop replacement. That's why there's a keyboard that you can attach to it and use it that way. Uh, not the first time Samsung has done this, but it is the largest attempt that Samsung has made. As far as screen size goes because 14.6 is big now the other ones so that's the tab s8 ultra the tab s8 plus is a 12.4 inch still big guys at 12.4 inches that's not small i mean we're almost at an ipad pro at that point um and then you have the regular tab s8 that's at 11 inches so a little more standard i guess you can say
0: so they, they didn't go home they went big
3: they, they, they sure did they sure did and there are keyboards for all of them by the way so not just for the ultra
1: ted we're gonna to have to cut you off on the samsung stuff we're gonna get you on again uh, once you get a chance to go through and actually test the tablets and the phones out uh we're gonna to have to take a break but if you'll hang around i want to talk to you about spotify and joe rogan yeah you got it because you're a joe rogan expert
3: <laughs> i don't know about that but
1: <laughs> you're, you're listening to the app show with mike and john back after this you're back with the program Mike and John here we got our good friend Ted Kritzonos on the line he's one of our contributors out of uh, Toronto just want to switch gears and talk about Spotify they're in the news uh, the past few weeks because of Joe Rogan who has uh, caused a little bit of controversy a little bit a little bit, uh, a little bit. so critics uh, are concerned that he's spouting off misinformation about COVID vaccines a bunch of other stuff as well T- tons of topics yeah Tons of topics. And so some artists, and I'll name them, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, very familiar to us Canadians because they are Canadian. They have pulled their music catalogs from Spotify in protest, basically saying, Joe Rogan's got to go or us because they're against all this misinformation.
0: Well, and it's interesting because Neil, Neil Young's people said that basically Spotify makes up 60% of his streaming revenue.
1: Wow. So that's a pretty big... Big chunk.
0: Putting, putting your, you know, you're voting with your wallet kind of thing, right?
1: So Spotify has continued to support Joe Rogan even after, you know, this misinformation stuff that's come up. Uh, also, uh, Joe Rogan has recently apologized for a bunch of, uh, I guess, video clips of him using the N-word in his interviews over the years.
0: Well, it was interesting because last weekend, apparently over 70 of his old old podcast episodes just sort of disappeared. Yes, and it's because they had
1: inflammatory comments, yeah, like that. So they brought the cleaner in, yeah. But again, Spotify continuing to back Jorgen and Ted. Why do you think that is?
3: Because they spent a hundred million dollars on it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's as simple as that, it, isn't it? it you got to protect your investment, right? And yeah. if you're going to invest, you know, not and it's not just spending a hundred million dollars on on his show, but you're he's also his show is extremely popular. And you're the only platform that has the full episodes, so you're gonna. I don't. I'm not surprised at all that they're trying to protect that investment. But the key to me is that. See, had Rogan come out and been really defiant and had an attitude uh, about this, then that might have forced Spotify's hand more to make a different kind of move. But you know, he 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 said that he's maybe he kind of leaned towards too many contrarian guests and may need to balance that out we'll see um you know but people like people find his podcast popular because he has a lot of different types of guests on you know like i mean i don't know too many other podcasts that have mike tyson one week and then like a scientist yeah. <laughs> uh, you know in the next episode well like, that's
0: that's part of the problem though is the credibility of the scientists that he has for on, sure.
3: right yeah for sure yeah and, and and that's why uh you know his response that he has to sort of balance out the voices that are on there, particularly when it comes to things like science and, and health. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. Like, give the guy a chance, I guess. Like, let's see if he, in fact, does that. Um, but, you know, to to make it an either-or thing, I think is probably a bit extreme. Uh, to say, like, either he goes or we go. Uh, I mean, I don't know.
0: I, I find it interesting, too, that they would spend that kind of money you'd think they would do some due diligence and maybe not upload those 70 episodes in the first place.
1: That they took down.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But, you know, Ted, you're right. It comes down to money. They spent $100 million on him. They've spent over a billion dollars in, in growing their whole podcast side. And the simple reason is they have more control over it, and they have more control over the ad dollars going into it as well. It's one of the biggest and fastest-growing areas of uh, digital advertising right now, advertising inside of podcasts. And so and there's another... Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, and they just don't have that same control over, like, the musicians, so to speak. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, because no, there's
0: there's well, no ad in the middle of a song.
3: That's right. But but here's, where, here's one thing I think will come up from this, or at least part of the fallout from this, which is one thing that Spotify has always had to contend with, right? We don't hear about it all the time, but it's always been a contentious issue, is what the artists are being paid yep. from all the streams, right? So the revenue that the artists are getting from being part of that platform that issue is not going away, and I suspect it will be exacerbated by this because we'll see more and more how Spotify is reaping the rewards of these podcast investments, but are not funneling some of that money to the artists that also that also draw in a lot. Well, oh, the they're not
1: they're not funneling that money
3: <laughs> to no, them. Well, yeah, and 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 there's going to be more scrutiny as to why they're not doing that. I think I think more artists are going to speak out and say, "Hey, hold on a sec, you guys got this windfall going here." Why are we not reaping any of that from you when we're we're supposed to be equal partners? Well, somewhat equal anyway. Um, so I, I think that may come out more from this. That will be part of the fallout from this.
0: That's an interesting point too, Ted, because this whole creator world, everyone's questioning whether the effort they're putting into their own, uh, I'll steal the title, experiences on their platforms, whether it's TikTok, YouTube, whatever, there's a value associated with how much time and effort I'm going to put into that based on what I get from rewards. And in Spotify is probably the worst scenario for the creator content creators, whether it's a musician that's just starting out or a podcast person that's on that platform, they're not getting huge royalty checks every month.
3: No, no. And, And, and Spotify is going to do some explaining on that when it comes to what their revenue is. Um, you know, like if, because if you're, if you're, spending all this money on podcasts and you're getting a lot of money from it but you're not paying any of that or you're not paying enough of that to the music part of the app which is still most of the app anyway yeah then I, you're gonna have to explain how that works
1: been talking with ted Kretzonos about spotify Joe Rogan, why he's still on there it comes down to money ted thanks for joining us
3: always a pleasure guys thank you very much
1: don't forget to enter our contest. The Friendly, Foundation, uh, Friendly Future Foundation, uh, TELUS, is uh, giving us a Samsung Galaxy S20 Fan Edition phone to give away, plus a $500 gift card to donate to the charity of your choice. If you want more info and uh, extra ways to get more ballots into the contest, getconnectedmedia.com. Back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected. On nationally here, across the course, Radio Network in Canada, and also podcasts. Uh, You can get that uh, through Spotify, Apple, everywhere that you like to find your podcasts and our website. And we've got a great contest going, John. GetConnectedMedia.com for all the information about the contests, podcasts,
0: and all kinds of other things.
1: Giving away some great prizes from uh, our friends at the Friendly Future Foundation over at TELUS uh, Galaxy S20 fan edition smartphone this thing is an amazing phone fantastic cameras great screen super fast and a $500 gift card to donate to your favorite charity here in Canada it's a great prize pack and it's so good to be able to give back uh, as well and so if you want to enter go to our website getconnectedmedia.com there's uh, a big link on our front page there and you can also get extra chances to win by doing things like following us on Twitter you know fun stuff Easy stuff. Easy stuff. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. John, Christina, Robin, Stephen, and all the rest of the folks back at the studio. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.